Do you like podcasts about movies, television shows, books, games, and pop culture? How about sports like football and tennis? Here at Freaking Geeks Media, one of our many goals is to create a variety of podcasts that you can enjoy listening to. From the Freaking Geeks podcast to Hungry for Hannibal, Friday Night Mics, the American Gods podcast, and Stranger Things, we know that giving you an assortment of options is one of the best ways of bringing you back for more. But it does take quite a bit of work and expense on our end to make these podcasts a reality. Patreon gives us the opportunity to make a living doing what we love. However, to do this, we need your help. By donating as little as a dollar a month, you get access to both past and upcoming Patreon-only content, as well as early access to regular episodes before they appear on iTunes. Other tier rewards include monthly Loot Crate giveaways, access to live broadcasts, Freaking Geeks t-shirts, magnets, and much more. We can honestly say that anything given is greatly appreciated. So, consider supporting us by going to www.patreon.com slash freakinggeeks and check out what we have to offer. We think you'll like what you see and hear. Welcome to the Freaking Geeks Podcast, the flagship podcast of Freaking Geeks Media. In this podcast, hosts Michael, Sarah, and Barry crank the geekiness to 11, covering everything from movies and television to pop culture, video games, books, and so much more. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The podcast is produced each week, so feel free to add us to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. The links will be in the show notes. Okay, now it's time to start the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm with my co-hosts, Barry and Sarah. Good. I would say good evening, but it depends on when you're listening to this. So it's good true. to be back. How's that? Good to be back. Yeah. So last week, of course, we had a week off because um, it was the 4th of July. Everybody was off in different directions, you know. In with Canada Day. Yep. And oh, yeah. Hey, happy Canada Day. Happy Canada yeah. Day. So uh, all that stuff was going on and it just, you know, recording an episode was just almost an impossibility, I think, at that point. So we just took a week off and now we're back. So we're going to review Ant-Man and Wasp, which, of course, mm. is the latest Marvel MCU movie and the first one after Avengers Infinity War. So... Mm. Yes, Good stuff. continuation mm-hmm. of his incarceration. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. All right, so <clears throat> let's uh, just let everyone know we're not doing a, a spoiler-free review here. So this is actually just going to be a, a free spoiler episode for everybody to, to listen to and enjoy. Um, part so of that you've is... You've been to, warned here. Right. It's, yeah, so it's a, it's a yeah, spoiler warning. Um so there's a there's reasons behind it, mostly because I'm in pain and I'm suffering from kidney stones. Which, if anybody's oh. had it out there, you know it TMI, is TMI, TMI. Not not <laughs> not a lot of fun. Raker, your wife is currently suffering, so I, I apologize. For Thanks, that. Michael, for yeah. sharing that with everyone in the world. Though. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's like, hey, if people get to know about my suffering, yeah, they get to know about your wife suffering too. <laughs> yeah, remember she's married to me, so her suffering is ten tenfold. It's well, true. <laughs> I, won't, I, I won't argue with that. <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's uh, let's do the rundown on this movie here, and uh, we'll get in, into our our one sentence review and go on and talk about the movie. 
So, of course, Ant-Man and the Wasp was released on July 6, 2018, written by five different writers. Chris McKenna, Eric Summers, Paul Rudd, Andrew Bearer, and Gabriel Ferrari. Directed by Peyton Reed, who, of course, directed the uh, original Ant-Man from uh, three years ago. Runtime, two hours and four minutes. Budget of $130 million. Box office, $98.7 million. 85.8 85.8 million foreign with a total of 185.5. So, or 184.5, and that's the worldwide gross. Stars that's good, Paul for, that's good for a DC movie. Oh, I mean, this is hard. This oh, is yeah, that's actually pretty, pretty weak for <laughs> Marvel. Yeah, if this was a DC uh-huh. movie, it'd be like, oh my God, what a masterpiece. Box office, heaven. Yep. Yeah, uh, but for Marvel, this is like yeah, either it's yeah. through the middle or even a little under. Yeah, yeah, this is. I don't think it's going to be your typical Marvel blockbuster, but nope, nevertheless. All right, so stars uh, Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, Lawrence Fishburne, Michael Pena, and Walton Goggins, among others. <laughs> um, you know what, guys? I I was actually late getting to this movie. I got in there right as the movie was starting, and uh, unfortunately, I could not be present for any any trailers uh rake would you like to comment on any trailers you oh, saw? i'm trying to think of them to be honest with you i i i can't even think of any do you yeah. remember any what was yours oh Sarah? my god there was one that i really want to talk about um Just, hold on i'm glad you said something because i don't know what that is oh it's a freaking cult it's not the uh uh marky mark movie is it the mile 22 or whatever it is no, it's called like yeah. Dark Little Minds or something like that. Oh, is it the huh. one with like the the children? Yes, they all have superpowers. They all have superpowers. That we saw that a, a few months ago. Oh, I did not movies. see that. Yeah, it's like they got all these superpowers and they're being like herded together and yeah, eliminated or either weaponized. Right, or weaponized. It's about like the rebellion, but it looks really cool. Huh. Okay. I'll see yeah. if I can figure out what the name is. All right. Something a little mind dark, something. <laughs> well, and, apparently, uh, and our and our listeners are like, well, if we know who to go to for our trailer yeah, talk. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, one thing I, I saw, it wasn't in the theater, but I do want to mention it is we got our first uh, image for um, Glass, the M Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, is that oh, where they're all sitting? In the, is that where they're all sitting down? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And there's yeah. one came out with um. Uh, the girl who was in Splits, Anna right. Taylor, she's going to be in it. You see her talking to um, uh, James James McAvoy's character, I forget his name. Uh, but yeah, she's going to be in it, so that looks really yeah. cool. I'm glad she's going to be the part of it. not out, though, is it? No, it's uh, not coming okay. out until like, January. Oh my god. I know, I don't want to wait that long yeah, for it. It's going to be amazing. We've waited like 20 years. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be... Yeah. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan's waited 20 years to resurrect his career. Come on, let's get this right. party. That's no joke. The Darkest Mind. That's what that's Ooh, You know what, Mike? Maybe we should replace trailer talk with just geek speak. And, uh, you know what I mean? Because so much goes on, you know, even outside it's of true. trailers. It's true. But then again, that would be, like, so extensive. You know what well, I mean? Well, you could, che- of- you could cherry pick. We could cherry pick oh, okay. some stuff. Okay. You know. well, let me cherry pick this quick before we go. Neil Blomkamp. Robocop. Thank you. I heard about that. Oh, my Lord. I'm all over that. When that happens, (laughs) I am like opening night right there. That's going to be, that's almost like, Robocop is one of my favorite 
movies ever, and then you're going to add one of my favorite directors ever to it. Oh, my. Yeah, it's like it's gonna taking fucking money. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Yep. It's going to be great. That's going to be great. I'm, I'm, I know you'd be excited. When I saw that, I thought uh, Rick is going to love that. Uh, well, I like Neil Blomkamp no matter what he does. He has a movie out coming out before that, though, anyway, so I'll probably be aboard for it. So. And um, Carrie Russell has been tapped for the new Star Wars movie. Yeah. She's going to take uh, over for, uh, what's that one girl that kind of stole the show, Laura Dern? Remember how Laura Dern kind of stole the show last movie? Now it's going to be Carrie Russell's turn to steal the show. Well, it hasn't been like announced or anything, but it's speculation that she's going to be Ray's mother. Oh, okay. Okay. That's pretty cool. Which, I mean, would be good casting because there is similarities between the two of them. Okay. Well, I mean, I will say this. Um, uh, I've I've seen Carrie Russell throughout her career. I love her. Oh, all Are you a big way, fan? Well, yeah. Going all the way back to, to Felicity when it was out. Um, uh, and then yeah. She, <laughs> I mean, it, I it, if you go throughout her career, though, I mean, there was a movie she did with um, Kevin Costner and oh, it was like 2005. It was like, what was it called? It was um, The Family. It wasn't The Family. Well, you guys are great with the. Uh... Yeah, I know. Titles tonight, let me tell you. The Upside of Anger? The Upside of Anger, yes. Nice. How'd you do that? Um, oh. IMDb. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's a really good movie, um, but... You guys cheat, by I, the way. I'll tell you what. <laughs> her work in The Americans is sublime. And if you haven't watched uh-huh. The Americans on I'm FX... I'm not going to. It is phenomenal. You just shut that down. Wow. I'm, a- I'm anti-American at this point. Apparently. Uh, it's really good. But anyway... Um, I, so I'm pretty idiots. much excited for anything she's coming uh, into now because she's uh, really deserves, you know, to kind of break out into some movies now. Now that she's done a great TV show, higher tier ones, yeah, 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 good for Did her. Did you guys ever see um, August Rush? Uh, yes, yeah, I love that movie. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, yeah she's been in a ton of stuff. She's she's never truly gotten her due, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I think so she's more talented than I think people give her credit for it. You know, yeah. she's always been more oh, talented. I he's think fantastic. People, yeah, Mission Impossible next week, right? Uh, oh, good lord! Oh no, it doesn't matter. Equalizers this weekend, so or this <laughs> up next weekend, so right. No, I Mission Impossible is not for a while, my right? Bad. It's not for a couple of weeks. So next week yeah, is yeah. Uh, so we'll, it's Equalizer, yeah. We yep, we can we can all over that. What the hell is Equalizer? You need to see the first one. Well, actually, Denzel's you don't. First. Oh, Denzel Washington. Denzel, need I say more? Ah. He is the man. Okay. Uh, well, uh, we'll figure out what we're going to do that. for next yes, week. Back to Ant Man and Ma- yeah, people are like, are we, are we reviewing a movie here or what? Wow. Um, Ant Man and Mosquito. Let's get back to it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, all right. So let's get to the one sentence review. Um, mine is: While it has its moments, Ant Man and Wasp feels both safe and repetitive mm. by focusing on action scenes and less on the emotional storylines it has at its disposal. Fair enough. Okay. Um, mine is that this movie is a really fun time keeping the tone much more on the comical superhero side than of some of the darker tones that were in the first Ant-Man while still giving us scenes that have weight and risk involved. Hmm. Hmm. This is my eight word review. I'm <laughs> Turning the turning the tables on you guys here because I'm a little behind the all here and a little late getting this all going. Marvel does it again. Family fun. Michael Pena. Love Michael Pena. 
<laughs> awesome. Freaking love Michael Pena. For a second, I, I forgot that was his name. I was like, are you just making fun of Michael being in pain? <laughs> no. Right. That's a great, it's a nice little, nice little code word for Michael being in pain now. Right. Right. Just say I love Michael being in pain. I mean, Michael Pena. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into the, into the plot synopsis oh, here. Um, <clears throat> after helping Captain America in Captain America Civil War, to fight some of the Avengers, Scott Lang finds himself at both the tail end of a two-year house arrest sentence and cut off from Hank and Hope. After finding evidence that Hope's mother may be alive in the quantum realm, Scott jumps back into his role as Ant-Man while simultaneously risking his future as a father if caught. You write that yourself? Yes. Brilliant. <laughs> See, he should write for IMDb. He, sh- he should. I 100% agree. <laughs> his well, talent is being wasted. Well, thank you. Um, all right. So let's, let's get into it. Um, let's talk about this movie. Uh, I, I I was gonna come out right now and say, I was annoyed if if the one sentence Um, review didn't, didn't show you, um, his one word review was annoyed, annoyed. (laughs) I, I didn't, I didn't feel like this movie was all that focused. Uh, it it didn't feel like there was a single storyline that really had any, of the biggest weight behind it, right? Mm-hmm. So you had the search for uh, Hank's wife and Hope's mom, which understandably was the biggest storyline, but but it often didn't feel that way because it felt like other things were constantly getting in the way. Other mm-hmm. characters trying to steal the laboratory. We had the ghost storyline. We had the Wal- uh, Walton Goggins, uh, Sonny Birch character. I love Walter Goggins, who, by the way. I, I love Walton Goggins, big um, fan. Uh, he's he. Have you ever seen Justified? Oh yeah, right. He's great. He's a great actor. Yeah, but you know what? He is a yeah. He's very good. His Loved character, him Vice too, by the way. His character <laughs> was pointless. His character was pointless. If he's you would have cut like his character, bumbling, he's like the bumbling uh, bad guy, right? But his character, like he had absolutely zero impact. On this story, I mean, he did and he didn't. He, obviously, his actions had some impact. But if you were to cut him out of this movie completely, yeah, it's true. It doesn't. It does. You know, it makes the movie better because they could have taken that time and focused true. it on other stuff. Well, he, I don't know if it makes it better. I think it. I think it's just a wash. Well, even if yeah. it's a wash, I just I feel like it didn't really help. Um, so cutting him out was good in my opinion. If they would have done that, but in terms of the storylines. It's just that nothing had uh, that nothing was like the spine of the story, or like the main core storyline, because even though the search for their you know, Hank's wife and Hope's mom was what they were trying to do, there were just so many other things trying to get in the way constantly, and it just felt unfocused and muddled. This whole movie, um, and then and then the whole repetitive, um, you know, of course. Hank's uh, laboratory gets stolen. They have to get it back. Hank's laboratory gets stolen. They have to get uh, it back. So it was like this, like over and over and over, the same it's like hot potato. thing over. Yeah, it's just like this repetitive storyline where they're constantly chasing down this stolen laboratory. And it, Betty remembers Benny Hills like. No, you guys are probably too young to know Benny Hill, but I know who Benny. I know unless you unless you watch him on reruns, but that's what it kind of reminds me of. It's like this goofy. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. goofy uh, shenanigans. 
You right. know what I mean? The way they kept stealing the lap. So I get that, Michael. I, I, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I, and I think um, on to, you know, and one of the reasons I, I come down so hard on the, on the Sonny Birch character is because this movie is just a shade over two hours long. Mm-hmm. And the reality wow. is, given that it's only two hours long, only. they don't have a lot of time to spare. It, it actually would be more uh, to the uh, movie's benefit if that character was cut out, because then they could have focused in on, you know, if you just wanted to do the ghost storyline and the search for Hank's wife, and that's mm-hmm. it. And mm. cut out a lot of that other extraneous stuff because you have that, you have the ghost storyline, you have Scott and his daughter, you know, the the feds, the whole issue there. You know, it's just you start stuffing all these storylines into a movie that is barely over two hours long. And in my opinion, it just felt muddled. They didn't really have a focus for this movie. It's just my Hey, opinion. Michael, what, what was your grade for uh, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? What was your grade? Do you remember? It was not good. It was like 71. Oh, okay. All right. Let's double check on. We were pretty low. I was going to say, you're being pretty critical of Ant-Man and Wasp when I think it was considerably more entertaining than Jurassic World. Oh, it is. It is. This, okay. this, I, will, I mean, I'll tell you, this will get a better grade than Jurassic Which World is, got. Yeah. And, what, and what's crazy about that is, is like, that's all, you know what I mean? That's like dominating the box office. And, you know, I haven't really heard a whole lot of people run down Jurassic World except for us. Me, you, anyway. I, I don't know what Sarah. Sarah, what did you give Jurassic World? Oh, I can't it was remember. bad. Oh, did yeah. she crush? You crushed it. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm glad to hear that then. Yeah, I but think. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that crazy? How like it's getting, you know, quote unquote acclaim. You know, I I've been talking to people tonight, and they're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna take my kids to see Jurassic World because it's at the local movie theater, and I'm like, don't. Say yeah, anything. right. Go, go see, see Incredibles. Yeah, go see Incredibles, or even go see Hitman and Wasp compared to that. Yeah. Good lord. Yeah, I yeah, I. It's not I fun. I think after like Jurassic it. World, I think that's partially what made Ant Man and Wasp so much better. Right. <laughs> it's uh You think Michael's in comparison. You say Michael's pointing out some plot holes in this. My God. Yeah. Jurassic World was like Oh, it was plastic. Jurassic Swiss World, the, it was yeah, Swiss right? cheese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was Swiss cheese. It was terrible. so true. Um <gasps> this movie too, like they've been they've been calling this a, a palate cleanser of a movie because of, you know, hmm. how heavy Infinity War is. And I was telling Sarah before we started recording, before you jumped on, I said, it feels like a backhanded compliment. You know, a palate yeah. cleanser. What are you trying to say? It's like, it's featherweight, this yeah, movie. true. It doesn't have a lot of substance, I, weight, you I, know? I, I think when they bring in Ant-Man and Wasp for the next Marvel movie, I think that'll help this movie a little bit more. I think people are going to kick back and be like, oh, yeah, I remember Ant-Man and Wasp, Wasp, Ant-Man and Wasp blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, Breaker, well, what did you think of this movie? Give me some of your thoughts. Well, I think you're being, I think, I think you're being <laughs> a little harsh, Michael. Um, simply because Ant-Man and Wasp is supposed to be what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's going to be more lighthearted. It's going to be goofier. Um, and that's pretty much what the movie delivered. You know what I mean? Like, this is, you know, I I went in with very low expectations because I really didn't think the first one was anything to, you know, be excited about. Uh, but you know, I kind of figured, well, you know, it's going to be family fun. And it was. It was family fun. There was nothing so adult that I couldn't have taken my, you know, 11-year-old daughter to go see it. Um, I thought it was funny. I thought special effects were decent. Uh-huh. Yeah, there was a lot of little potholes here and there. But, you know, I like the way they brought in 
some of the Marvel backstory again. You know, once again, my comic book geek is rearing its head, but. You know, Goliath was cool. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. And what Fishburne. a good choice in Lawrence Fishburne. Yes, Lawrence Fishburne's awesome, always. Yeah. So, you know, bringing him in was cool. No, I didn't like the uh, gender swap on Ghost. Yeah, I, I was going to, I knew um, that, Rake, I knew that. I was going to ask you specifically about that. Yeah. Yep. Gender, well, you know me, I don't like gender swaps or ethnic swaps or any swaps um, from the comics, but, you know, that's, that's me. Um, but, you know, and, and her character, you were just talking about. Uh, Walton Goggins' character is Sunny. Yep. Her character as Ghost really wasn't. Yeah, she was. She wasn't that great of an actress. You know what I mean? Like, I it, at no point did I feel for this woman. You know what I mean? When she was starting to go crazy and stuff, I, I didn't feel for her. Be like, well, you know, she is dying. Blah blah blah. You know, it's just like, eh. Yeah, like I couldn't see the pain uh, behind the yeah, anger. Yeah, just yeah. the anger. I think it, I think it was just poor acting. I think if a better actress w- were in her role, I think it would have been a better. I think it would make the movie a little bit better. Well, I also so. think that, that, again, this comes down to not having enough time to really flesh out her story. I mean, we got, we got the backstory, but, yeah. you know, she only hinted at the, the, the things that she's done over the years. And it's like, okay, great. But it would have yeah. been, been great Stuff. if we would have seen more of that. Yeah, like, not like Winter Soldier uh, flashbacks. Yeah. Well, honestly, I think, like, you mentioned like wanting to see more of her backstory, but I think if you took away almost entirely her backstory and just know that something bad happened to her, but not be told what it is, I think would have been more time effective and more effective to the character. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, it you could, could have, have a big reveal at the end. It could have. Yeah, something. Yeah, like here's this cool power. Who is this person? Who is this pe- person? And then at the end, when you know her power ends up relating to uh, uh, Michael Douglas's wifeer. Janet. Uh, yeah, Janet Van Dyne. Um, then you'd have been like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, it could have been a cool aha moment. Yeah. You know, but it wasn't. You're right. You're right. It, the kid's kind of doing little sprinkles of it, and it just, it was just like, eh. There were too many storylines, yeah. like, kind of building up yep. simultaneously. Yep. There you go. Perfect. But, overall, I enjoyed it. I did. Yeah. I thought it was a good time. Like, it's not, you know, there to you know, shake the ground or anything like there that. It's there go. to be a good time and just yep. but, but, enjoy it. But isn't Plus, but is that is that fair though? I mean, I, I understand that not every movie is going to be a masterpiece, and, and I get that. But yeah. you know, I understand. I, I think it's fair simply because look at all the Marvel movies. You know, mm-hmm. Thor became lighthearted. Originally, it was prep rather dark. The first two, like you DC. know, dark. <laughs> yeah, not quite that dark, but yeah, dark. You know what I mean? Um, Avengers is kind of serious. Um. You know, so I mean, Marvel has kind of like their own, you know, you know, you know, Guardians, the next one's going to be good and funny. You know what I mean? Slight, you know, pretty lighthearted, you know, Ant-Man and Wasp or Ant-Man, whatever they decide to do with the franchise is going to be funny. But, but here's you know, the thing. Avengers is going to be serious. Okay. You know, you, you know what I mean? And so I think, you I, know, I think it fits into its niche in the Marvel universe. I get that. And I, I agree. I understand that there's a lot of different you know tones throughout the the marvel cinematic universe and that's great because there should be you know guardians lighthearted uh, right. a lot of fun but here's the thing the lightheartedness doesn't bother me it really doesn't i mean that's fine what bothers you, i wasn't it's just like if you look at guardians if you look at thor ragnarok um mm-hmm. despite the lightheartedness there is an emotionally resonant core to mm-hmm. those movies that's that true. that it, you know when you get when you watch thor ragnarok even though there's a lot of jokes and stuff, if we look at what's really going on in that movie, 
It's oh, yeah. Thor's get, father's I dead. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I watch that movie, I get goosebumps in certain scenes. Right. And and I didn't yeah. get that here. So it's the tone doesn't bother me. But I the emotional whatever whatever we're supposed to grab onto I was gonna say I was gonna say lack of, you mean. Right. Whatever we're supposed to grab onto emotionally and to invest our, you know, emotions in to you know, yeah. storyline wise, uh it needs to work. It needs to, so, but nothing here felt like it was substantial hmm. enough to to do it because there wasn't like Scott and his daughter. Cool, great, an extension of you know the first movie, but we got like two scenes, and then you know we go and we have the Janet storyline, and it's like, yeah, we but we can't zero on in this because Hank just got his lab stolen, and we've got to spend twenty minutes chasing down this lab, you know, hmm. and it, so it's just. That that's my big thing. I, I, there wasn't an emotional core to this movie that I felt like I really connected to. I guess is my biggest. I guess that's a good point. You know. That's fair because I mean, look when he did uh, when Peyton Reed did Yes Man. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was some parts of that that had a little bit more of an emotional core, as you say. Um, you know, not so much in Bring It On, but uh, in Yes Man. So I mean, he <laughs> is capable of it. He just didn't deliver, I guess, in this movie, but. I mean, this, you know, once again, this is also the director of Bring It On, Yes Man. True. I mean, hmm, really? Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, <laughs> no. I, I don't know about you, but Bring It On kind of was like yeah. it when I was a teenager. Wow. <laughs> that yeah. was the movie everyone yeah, watched. Well. That was, you, you were a teenager. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, it was that <clears throat> clueless. Oh, he's 10 years older than I am. Mean Girls. Peyton Reed's 10 years older than me. Looks younger than me, though. <laughs> but anyway, it's not fair. Right? Sarah, Sarah, what's your what's your input on the movie? I kind of talked a little bit, and like the lack too. of, um, I guess, emotional depth doesn't bother me because it's right. I I think it's just it's meant to be right. just fast fun. Yes, I yes. think another movie can be have bring the depth, but I think this one was just you know. I yep. think it was also a book note too. Their next one's going to have Goliath in it, and I think that's probably where some more depth is going to come in. Connections between Pym and his and Foster, and mm-hmm. I think it'll be a lot more uh, talking conversations and less action. I mean, could you imagine in the next Avengers, like they're getting their ass kicked or something, and next <laughs> thing you know, Goliath shows up at fifty feet tall and like kind of bails them out for a second? Wouldn't that be awesome? I kind of want to see a fifty-foot-tall Hello Kitty Pez dispenser. <laughs> right? I mean, okay. I just—I mean, even though this movie, you know, is you know definitely has its faults, I guess. I, I just—I—I'm anxious to see some of the these prospects. characters. Yeah, I'm anxious to see what they're going to carry over into uh, Infinity War or Infinity War. Yeah, I guess you still call it Infinity War. Well, speaking of Infinity War, should we talk about the ending of this? Did you guys see the secret? Are we there yet? Are we there yet, or are we going to talk about that at the end, Michael? Um, we can say everything. Well, you can talk about it now, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we could do. We can jump back and forth. It's fine. Yeah, um, why not? Uh, no, go ahead, Sarah. You you brought it up. Yeah, go ahead, Sarah. See, that was a shock to me. Like, I forgot about that until I'm ah. like, like, okay, I'm waiting for something bad to go down. You know, bad guys are going to show up. Yeah. Then when it just like pans out and they're just dust, I'm like, oh, you're screwed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of with you there. Throughout the whole movie, I'm like, how are they going to tie this to? Infinity yeah. War. And then I just, like you said, I just kind of forgot about it. And then next thing you know, right at the very end. Oh, was that a, po- was that a post-credit scene? Yeah, that was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. A mid-post-credit scene. Yep. Um, yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was cool as heck. 
Yeah, I liked I thought it. That was cool as heck. Yep, I did too. I thought that was awesome. Did you want to, you want to hear my thoughts? I'm curious to see like how they're going to come back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have mm. I have a thought on this post credits scene. I was simultaneously excited and a little disappointed, which sums up this movie for me. Uh, I guess I guess it really comes down to when I, I knew I knew that this was going to happen the moment he went in there. When he went in, Kidney I'm like, "Sounds making me." Yeah, negative Nancy, rude Ruth, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> sorry, here. He's, sorry, he's out of, he's out of control. I, I think I think what I would have liked is uh, if Scott would have been pulled back out, and the only two people oh. left would have been him and Janet. Yeah, think about that for a second, because if it's just if it's just Scott, okay, so Hank and Hope, they they you know, spend the whole movie trying to get, you know his wife and her mom back and they finally get her back and in the end they disappear and it's now Janet and Scott and the one cool thing about that is that they don't really know each other at all you know so mm. we could see them in the next avengers movie you know, needing to work together and getting to know each other better given that at least what it appears like this could be their future son-in-law or something so mm. these two characters who've had virtually no contact i mean hank Obviously, they haven't seen each other in 30 years, but Hank and Janet have been married and obviously Hope, that's her mom, you know, so there's enough there. But for Scott and Janet, they don't really even know each other. So that I think would have been kind of cool, like... To learn more. Right. You know, they could have, like, you could have seen these two trying to work together and connect as, you know, two people that may be seeing each other a lot more in the you know coming years you know? yeah so but i mean i mean that's a that's a minor disappointment it's just like i thought that that would have been a cool direction to take it you know rather than all three of them being missing now i know that obviously the reason they did that is they need him in the quantum realm right. for the setup for avengers because he's going to be in there and that's going to be an important aspect you know that would not even blow my mind if that's how they opened the next avengers movie i won't be surprised yeah. It wouldn't blow my mind one bit. I'd be like, okay. Yep, Wait, we're cool. prepared for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I, I kind of feel bad for all the Marvel heads that totally overlook this movie. I mean, I would have been one of them. Because, even you know, if I would, if a buddy of mine was going over opening night and was like, hey, want to hit your eye? You know, you want to go with? I'm like, yeah, you know what? Let's do it. If he wouldn't have done that, I'd have been like, mm, you know, I'll see it when I see it. But you know what? I'm I'm glad I saw it, and I'm glad I saw it when I saw it. And I think if anyone, any MCU person, you know, anybody that likes the MCU a lot, I think if you bypass this movie, I think you're missing out. I really do. And I think you know, come uh, Infinity War two, um, you're gonna be like, wait, what? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So I, yeah. I think I think you know, even though Michael hates this movie, I don't ha- um, I don't hate it. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. Think, I don't think, love I it, but I think it'll play its part. It. You know what yeah. I mean. And I think for those of us that saw it, we're gonna be like, "Yep," you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know a lot of people saw Avengers and like you know the Winter so- or not Winter Soldier, geez, Civil War, <laughs> and Ant Man was kind of like a, oh, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like a character that. Oh, you. <laughs> oh yeah, that's him. Oh yeah, I didn't see that movie. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, you probably should have because his, I'm here. <laughs> his scene was pre- his scene. I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Or his part of it, I thought was really neat. So, and I like <laughs> the way they, and I like the way they made kind of a realistic twist on the fact that he wasn't in Infinity War. You know what I mean? He was on house yeah. arrest because throughout that whole movie, 
like every couple minutes he brings up the fact he's on house arrest and has to get back to the house and you know what I mean? So it's not like it was just one of those things that they write in real quick just to be at, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to kind of be like a quick little, what do they call that, Michael? Like a bullshit scapegoat thing. You know yeah, I mean? like, like, like we, we can't have know, him in it, here. It was, yeah, it was just like a legit, it, it appeared, you know, they pulled it off as a legit reason. Sure. You know yeah. I, mean? I agree with that. So, and I like that, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I got to give, I got to give a nod to that. I so said one of my favorite scenes in this movie is Paul Rudd um, when Janet is occupying his brain and uh, he's oh. acting like the mother and like caressing, uh, um, oh, what's his face? Uh, Michael Pim's Douglas, face. Hank's face. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, hilarious. So that was cute. That was very funny. <laughs> Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's great. Oh, he's, you he's know, great. I love I've, Paul I've never he's been a big so fan great. of his. I've mm-hmm. never been a big fan. I'm still not a huge fan, but you know what? He He does well. You know, he does well as Ant-Man and... Uh, I've always cool. liked him. Cool oh, really? Okay. Clueless. Like, he was in Clueless. He was the brother, uh, and I've always noticed him since that movie. Okay. I just he's think always he's always been it. a good actor that... Yeah. His, I'm not saying he's going to win Academy Awards, but... No. I, I think he's right. one of those maybe uh, solid to above average actors yeah. who always seems to never be bad in a movie. You know, like yeah, he's, he not gonna, he's not gonna—he's not gonna bring down go. the quality of your movie with his performance. Yeah, so. yeah I'm not gonna purposely go see a movie because he's in it. But yeah. at the same time, I'm not gonna be disappointed if he's like a co-star or you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, mean, yeah. I, I mean, I went and see Ant Man Wasp simply because it's Ant Man and Wasp, not because it was Michael Rudd as Ant Man. <laughs> you know, but yeah, Paul you know, regardless, yeah, I, I agree with both of you. Like, he's just—you know—he's—he's he's more solid than people give him credit for. I think. Um, you guys want to hear some trivia? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, for the role of Janet Van Dyne, um, the uh, our Evangeline Lilly had Michelle Pfeiffer on her wish list to play Janet, and Michael Douglas mm. had expressed interest to have Catherine Zeta Jones, his wife, mm. play Janet. I think oh. they made the right choice. Uh, ah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I definitely. Like, I'm glad they picked Michelle over Kathy. Like um, I love Catherine Zeta Jones, but I think Michelle Pfeiffer looks more like Evangeline yeah, Lilly. Yep. Yeah. There you go. True that. Um, True that. Langston Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne's son, played the younger oh. version of his character, Dr. Bill Oh, Foster. that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that is cool. Mm-hmm. I had that, no idea. That and the fact Langston's a cool name. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. This marks the second. Langston Fishburne. Langston Fishburne. <laughs> Sounds like a doctor. Sounds good. Um, this marks the second MCU film after Thor Ragnarok to have a female as the leading antagonist. Uh, uh, However, in the comic books, the ghost was male. So, and course, she wasn't even really an yeah. antagonist. And however, this really pisses off Raker. Yeah, I figured changing the genders. Yes, good lord. I don't mind it too much because I, I mean, hate it. all you have like Ghost isn't a main character, and it's just kind of a sub subplot character that doesn't bother me if it's a main character it does that well, see, bothers well, me ghost is a fairly big iron man villain is he and, yeah so it's like to see for starters ghost be a female and then be an ant-man which kind of makes sense because uh ant-man's actually a pretty big uh, avengers character so okay i can see the you know it's not like they threw ghost in x-men um but you know i don't know i just uh, bottom line i'm not a fan of the gender swap so it doesn't matter yeah, it didn't bother me because I don't think they're gonna continue with Ghost because nah, they nah. seem to have cured Ghost and 
probably she'll go live her life. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, whatever. <laughs> and last but not least, Michael. Oh, and last but not least. Um, well, you, you knew this because you mentioned it earlier, but I'll just say it anyway. For okay. But uh, Loris Finchburn <clears throat> plays Dr. Hank Pym's rival colleague, Bill Foster, who in the comics was the African-American superhero Black Goliath. Such that, a cool that, name, by the way. Was his name Black Goliath or That's Goliath? That's what it says, at least, yeah. It was Black Goliath. Wow, <laughs> You're just okay. being racist, or is it actually? <laughs> yeah, right? Well, back then when Goliath, you know, when they introduced Bill Foster as a character, they're like, well, you know, it's one of those, uh, if I'm not mistaken, his character probably came around in the 70s, back in the black exploitation days. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. When that yeah. Was super fly and this and that. So everything was very, <laughs> yeah. They had to get away Mexican with it. Goliath. <laughs> yeah, they would have. You know, back then they would have. You know what I mean? Back then they would have probably said that, you know. <laughs> so, but no, that's cool. I, I'm glad they brought in Goliath, man. That was, right. thank God they didn't give him the gratuitous uh, shirtless scene like they did Paul Rudd. Oh, <laughs> hey man, the guy works hard for that body, okay? He's 49 years old and he looks like he's shredded, Yeah, I know, right? So you got to give him gotta at least one 49? scene. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Shut up. No, he's not. I Get swear. Up. Look it up. Has, has Michael ever told a lie? No fucking okay. way. Michael can't. He can't lie. Actually, in fact, I am correct. Michael April 6, lies. Nineteen sixty-nine. He's forty-nine years old. He Bullshit! Looks... That's not fair. Oh my god! He, he looks does. Like he does look young. He looks like he's 30s. about thirty-nine yeah. at, at best. Yeah. But the magic of Hollywood. Come on now. Yeah. It's not fair. <laughs> It's Holy makeup crap. and your personal dietitian and all that good hey, stuff. Hey, Rake, let's let's be honest here. What he's really doing is he's he's sacrificing a goat at, in the moonlight uh, at the end of every month yeah, or right. something. Exactly. Seriously. You need to be pretty jacked if you're going to shrink and grow all the time. Let's be let's be honest. That is true. <laughs> oh my god. Right. So, anyways, continue on. Okay. <laughs> um, script. Script. Oh, you want to get to, okay? Getting into the grades here. Let's do this. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess. Pros, so. pros, um, light and funny uh, pushes hope to the forefront, giving our character more depth and more emotional resonance. Um, cons, I just reiterate what I said already. Doesn't risk much. Feels too lightweight and, and inconsequential. Too repetitive with certain aspects of the script. Uh, Scott feels a little more like comic relief here than he was in Ant-Man. I think while Ooh, he was funny okay. in Ant-Man at times, he feels a bit like he's been retconned into a bit of a doofus. Um, okay. Sonny Birch was entirely unnecessary, not unnecessary as a character. <laughs> My overall oh, grade he, he, is he can't let go of that. 74. <gasps> wow. That's pretty deep. <laughs> Jeez, I took a couple weeks off. I come into this. Holy <laughs> Lord, Michael. The inferno is lit. I'm bringing down the hammer. You are. <laughs> <laughs> he is. How about you, by Sarah? The, by the way, I'm just throwing this in here because I looked it up. Lawrence oh. Fishburne's only eight years older than Paul Rudd. Wow. Does that yeah. blow your mind that they're that close in age? Oh, yeah. It's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> okay. <It's>... Anyways, <laughs> for the script, I like. Like I talked about, you know, it was light and it was really funny and had some really great scenes. I thought it was just it was just meant to be yeah. that, you know, comic relief. Um, we had such a dark movie with The Last Avengers that yeah. you know, we really want something really light and fluffy. And I think all the stuff about him and his kid was fantastic. Yeah. Freaking adorable. 
uh, their yeah. relationship. Yeah, world's was. greatest grandma. I mean, that's fucking adorable. <laughs> you can't tell me that wasn't slightly emotional. That was my no, no. I think that's actually the most emotional aspect of the entire movie, actually. And I think so, too. And that's because yeah. it was set up in the prior movie. You're building off what you saw in the first movie. And I Which think is really good. Helps. It is good. No, it's good. It, that's, again, that's a that's a positive for the script. Uh, Raker, I'm going to put not that. Like, it's, not like, it's not like Thor when he went from super serious, super serious to super funny from two to three. That is true. You're right. Had a Snickers in between. Um, yeah, right. Raker, I'm a, look here. I'm officially in my in my script notes. I'm officially putting in my Uh-oh. grade oh. relationship with daughter a highlight. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Got it. Yes. Good lord, Michael. Any more any more negativity in the internet here? And I'm gonna. I don't know. My, my walls are like starting to creep black. I'm starting to see the word like sinister on my walls or something here. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, what was your grade? First movie was great. Second movie was terrible. But anyway. Uh, my grade was 82. Oh. Okay. Uh, I agree with both of you. Um, pros. You know, I, I honestly caught myself laughing out loud on at least three or four occasions. Mm-hmm. A la Michael Pena. <laughs> you know, <laughs> He's good. I, I've loved that dude since uh, Observe and Report. And he just makes me laugh. You know, I, I I hate seeing him do serious movies, but he does them well. He does do serious movies well. But man, when he does funny stuff, it's just I would love to see him somehow in the next Avengers. Just in there just to make one funny line. You know what I mean? Just It's truth serum. <laughs> right. That's hilarious. That was really good. Even T.I. is all right <laughs> you know what i mean you have a rapper in there and even he does all right in that movie like whatever uh pros uh, like i said i i agree with you both um and cons i you know i'm, I'm not quite as conish as michael but um <laughs> my my only con really uh with the movie you know in terms of the script it you know it was it was kind of kind of goofy i don't know i know goofy's not a very good word to you know, use here on this intellectual platform, but um, yeah, it, it was kind of you know a lot of nonsense interwoven throughout. So I give it an eighty-three. Okay, it's barely above you, Sarah. Oh, really close. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's it's move a turn on. events. Usually, like me and Michael yeah. are running a little higher, and yeah. you're running a little lower than us. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Here come the high ones. Acting, <laughs> acting. All right, so. Wow. Okay, Michael goes with Evangeline Lilly, huh? Uh, yeah. I thought Evangeline, Evangeline Lilly. I thought she did good work here. Like I said, I think her character being pushed to the front because of the storyline that they were trying to focus on. Uh, I think it allowed her character to kind of display a lot more emotion and and have something to really strive and work for. Um, and so I really like that. I think you know Paul Rudd, solid as we did said earlier, solid mm. as usual. Um, yeah, I think Michael Douglas, I think he was solid. Um, and I think he had a couple of funny lines. I, I do like the, the, the juice box line when, when they come out of the school and he gets in to the, to the van and he's, uh, Paul Rutt or, uh, Scott's, you know, small and they ask him if he wants a juice box. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh my was, God. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was, yeah. that was great. I'll tell you what, Yeah. We'll talk about that in special um, effects too, but so, yeah. That was good. Uh, I think his performance was solid. And I think Michael Pena as well was, was a good. Uh, I didn't like the rapper buddy. I didn't like the other guy too. The one that was going on and on about that witch or something. 
They just uh, didn't uh, do it uh, for me. They just didn't. They just did, didn't do it did, for me. That didn't remind you of anything. The Baba Yaga. That's from John Wick. Oh, that's right. Okay, the right. Man. Yeah, but I mean, the, in terms of the character and the in the acting, I, I just I'm didn't sure connect with those two characters. Um, yeah, I mean, Michael Payne is enough when it comes for the comic relief. You don't need two more bumblers. You don't need because it looks like they're like yeah, much less intelligent versions. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But you know what? I mean, they brought them from the first movie, which you know what I mean. Fun. They're just kind of trying to keep that continuity. I mm-hmm. think. Um. Like I said, the the girl that played uh, Ghost, I I didn't think she was particularly Meh. great either. She's actually a good actress, isn't she? I, I don't she? know who she is. Oh really? Oh okay. Yeah, I, I don't she, know who she is. I I've, I didn't. I've heard, think she yeah, did. I've heard of her a couple times. I think she's actually been nominated for stuff. I'm off the check, but yeah. I I didn't go think ahead. she did a particularly good job. I wasn't all that impressed. No. I think, and uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Solid. Uh, Walton Goggins, a good actor. I just didn't like the character. You know that already. Uh, great for me is an 81. Uh, she was in uh, Game of Thrones. That's why I recognize her. Oh, was she? She was in a couple episodes. Um, oh. uh, Ornella. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't recognize the name of the character right now. So. Oh, no. She's not like a deep actress. My bad. She's only in a couple episodes, but I remember her from that. I thought she was nominated, but no, she's more of a TV star, I think. But that Ugly Betty thing, I remember that show. Oh, she right. was in Ready Player One. Oh, who'd she play? Finale. Okay. Huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah, acting. Um, for Santa performances, like I think Paul Rudd kills it. He did a really great job. I'm with you on Imagine Lily. I'm like. Everything she touches, she conquers. She's such a good actress. I ever since I saw Lost, I've had a girl yeah. crush on her. She's so fantastic. Those eyes of hers, they're so oh, pretty. This <laughs> Riker's like, God. How can you not seriously? love her? I don't at all. But anyway, go really? ahead. No, oh I'm my not a fan like, at all. Go I ahead. almost want to steal her name for like my firstborn daughter. <laughs> it's it is, such a, it's pretty, a pretty name. name. She's it's so she always oh, wow. plays, oh, I'm such a hard ass, and I'm going to, you know, it's like, stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She used to do um, live chat commercials for, you know, um, remember those, like, late night uh, ads where it's, like, uh-huh. sexy girls are like, call uh-huh. us, and blah, blah, blah. She was one of those girls. Was she really? For real, real? Yep. Yeah, real. I remember seeing back it in she, a movie theater. Yeah, back before she got wow. on Lost. Yep. Huh. Like I would have called for her. <laughs> but anyways, um, and like yeah, Michael Pena. I mean, uh, so funny, especially yeah. when he's like, he's got like the true serum in him, and he's like doing the whole backstory, <laughs> oh, and he's like mouthing over them. It was wasn't fantastic. that great? He is, he is great. I hope someday he gets his due. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, bad performances. <laughs> I don't really think there were bad yeah. performances, except just like um characters that didn't need to be there like yeah. Sunny and right. some other miscellaneous <laughs> ones yeah. but yeah uh, I do think that with the one of the side characters, the FBI agent guy he was really funny because he was trying to like learn magic <laughs> after <laughs> he was taught and everything so some small cute things that pop up are really kind of like, yeah you know what I like that, that guy, Michael? I, I've seen him I don't know I've seen him in other movies I though too. I recognize him 
I thought it was funny the way he wouldn't use like any curse words. <laughs> right? I know he's so. He say, "Oh, that hurts like the Dickens," or he said something like that. It's just so <laughs> exactly. funny. Like, what a word to use! <laughs> so good. That's like something like the fifties. I I agree. He was pretty funny. I like. His, I once again, you know what I mean. I'm actually looking forward to seeing his character again. His you know? name is so white. It's Randall Park. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I did not expect that. But, oh, he's going to well, be actually, in... The park thing is actually fairly Asian common. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. yeah. I know a couple of parks that are Asian. Or it's going to be an Aquaman. I think, I, think it's more of a, I think it's more of a Korean name, isn't it, Michael? I, I think I don't he know. is probably I think Korean. it is more Korean, but... Yeah, okay. Yeah. But anyway. Wow. What grade, has... uh, what grade did you give it? Oh, she's... Uh, sorry, he has 141 credits. Wow. Can you Dude fucking believe that? He's been working, and that's he's been working since 2003. That is oh, 15 years. Hey. That man oh. doesn't sleep. <laughs> no. All right. All right. Anyway, sorry. Um. Yeah. For yeah. grade, I give it 90. Oh wow. Oh okay. my god. Are you serious? Yeah. For that's acting, exactly yeah. what I gave it. Seriously? Yeah, we're yeah. right on page. Sorry. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, I gave it a 90. Spoiler. Spoiler. Gave it a 90. <laughs> um. You know, you guys have said it. You know, stand. The only reason I'm giving Michael Peña the standout performance is because everyone else does what I thought they would do. Not that Michael Peña I don't, didn't think was going to be funny, but I think as his role, he was the funniest. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I thought he kind of stood out. I think when you leave that theater, you think of the funny things he did um, or said. I, so that's why I'm giving him the Oscar for standout performance tonight from Freaking Geeks. Um, any bad performances? Not really. I can't think of any that are bad. I mean, you know, when you have a lighthearted, funny movie like this, you know, I mean, <laughs> even a bad acting, you won't really, won't stick out too badly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I can't think of any bad performances. The one thing I didn't like, and I don't know if this falls under acting, I guess it does, is, you know, and you you brought up Evangeline Lilly with Lost. I literally went to the movie with another guy that, he said, well, I'm only here for Evangeline Lilly. I love her in Lost. And it's <laughs> like, you know, here she she played. I think they forced her character too much in this movie. Yes, I know it is called Ant-Man and the Wasp. I get it. But, you know what I mean? It just seems like, okay, we got to, like, during the fight scenes, like, right, remember how she went in to get the money or exchange the money for that part? Mm-hmm. Suddenly she, you know what I mean? Like. She does it all herself. She's so tough. You know what I mean? She's, she's so badass, this girl. And it's like, oh, God. You know what I mean? <laughs> that tough. It is her. I mean, she oh, looks like a badass. God, she's like 5'3", 100 pounds. She's not tough. Yeah, but I mean, she, she, you know I mean? she looks kill tough. people as, with those eyes. Yeah, I was just going to say, because she has squinty eyes. Ooh, squinty eyes. Clint Eastwood, <laughs> I'm tough. Stop. Pretty eyes. She, she, does, she does nothing for me in any respect. Um, but I don't hate her as this character. I think she's great as Wasp. I think Wasp is a huge character in the Marvel Universe. I wish Wasp would have a... Uh, wait, wait, this is Hope, right? Hope Van Dyne? Yep. Yes. Okay. Janet Van Dyne in the, in the comics has short hair, so whatever. But you didn't uh, like like her even in like the Hobbit movies. Mm, you know what? There she's playing a tough girl too. Does she do anything she, else? Uh, yeah, does? she loses like the her love of her life and she's vulnerable and sad. Like she does more than being a tough girl. I no, she's, I she still doesn't well, anything for me. She I just, think that she, she, her she's character, an actress. I think her character yeah, in the Hobbit was bad a bad character. I don't blame oh. her. I don't blame her as an actress in The Hobbit. I blame the fact that it, the Ooh. character 
is yeah. not a good character. I didn't like her character. Yeah. She's just she she just not stand out for me in any way, shape, or form. You know what I mean? I think another woman could have played that role and done just as well. I'm not talking to you people anymore. <laughs> but, I, but I still gave it a ninety. I mean, I think she you know I think she did a good job at that character. I'm just saying in general, my thoughts of Evangeline Lilly are definitely not mm, whatever. She's I don't Canadian care. as well. She's, oh, is she? She's even better for that. <laughs> Well, apparently we know where your loyalties lie. Yeah, right. That's, that's how she does all her grading. She looks up to see if any directors are Canadian or any actors or actresses are Canadian, and suddenly they get the 10-point curve. I know how she is freaking turning 40 next year. Like, what is with these people? They're drinking youth serum. Like, oh, she I told looks, you. She looks 39. I'm sorry. <gasps> They're sacrificing goats. Don't you, think, don't you think so, Michael? Don't you think she looks about 39? Not really. I kind of thought she looks maybe about 34, maybe. It's funny that you're wrong, isn't it? That's weird. <laughs> so, let's get on to directing, shall we? Before all right. Michael spreads any more lies. Uh, lies, Rick. Lying all lies. night. He's been lying all, all night. Right. Tired of it. Uh, directing. Um, how good uh, did Peyton Reed do? I, I, I think he does a solid job. Yes. I don't think it's a bad job. I don't think it's a great job. I think it's a solid job as a director. Uh, I think there's some good <laughs> sequences in this movie where I think the, the shot selection was nice. Um, uh, but I do but yeah. I do think there was also some – I hate to say it, but I think there was also <laughs> some kind of pedestrian-looking uh, shot selection as well. I, nothing that I felt like was all that in, inventive or creative. Good word. It's kind of down the middle for me. I think. He, I mean, it's not any worse. I think than he did with the original Ant Man. I mean, I personally think that Edgar Wright, if he had stayed on Ant Man, would have done a, mm-hmm. an amazing job. But that would be nice. That's true. My Peyton does solid job. I think he gets an eighty. Holy. <laughs> <dang>. <laughs> All right. Um. I I thought directing was pretty fine. Like I didn't notice yeah. anything too spectacular. But there are some shots I really did like, and I thought yeah. really added to the comicalness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I gave it an 84. Wow, I'm I'm going way above both you guys here. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm I'm going back to 90. Wow. Okay. I thought it was I thought it was directed well. I mean, here's a guy that did well, as we see. Step it up, right? No, but bring it on. Step it up, bring it on. They're all the same freaking movie. Um, <laughs> I mean, bring it on was a masterpiece, so you can't even like compare. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and look at all the writers he had. Uh, look, at, you know what I mean. Look how many writers were on board. What was it five, Michael? Five. Yeah. So he took he took all that writing. You know what I mean, and created this. I, I thought that's pretty impressive. You know, you usually called... see what two, three, all right, two, three writers maybe. Yeah. I you think... know, and he took five and made a good movie out of it. You know, originally watching the trailers, remember how that? Well, you guys. You probably don't remember me saying this. Maybe I didn't say it on the podcast. I was like, "Oh, great!" You know, giant Pez dispensers and giant. I thought it looked super hokey when oh, everything's cute. When it, yeah, I, I thought it was cute, hokey. And but you know what? When I was watching the movie, it was kind of cool. I thought it was, it was really cool. Yeah, like, yeah I, I would be cool. terrified if I saw a giant Hello Kitty Pez dispenser coming for me. <laughs> so no, so, I thought I thought the guy did such a solid job. I gave him a ninety. I mean. I didn't see anything glaringly. You know, it's not like he went from, you know, you, did, you were confused if it should be lighthearted or if it should be serious or it should be dark. You know what I mean? There was none of that. You know, it kept a good tone throughout. Um, like you said, a lot of the shots were really cool. Now, Michael did mention some that were kind of pedestrian, and I agree. There was some 
parts that were fairly pedestrian, but all in all, you know, I, you know, maybe I should go a little lower, but I'm not. I'm gonna stick with my 90. Thought he did a good job. Matter of fact, I, I would like to see him in the next one. How's that? I would like to see him direct <laughs> the next one, Ant Man and Wasp and Goliath. Ant Man and Glo- <laughs> Ant Man and Wasp and Michael Pena. That's the next movie <laughs> I want to see. <laughs> All Could, for it. You cannot tell me that wouldn't have been the funniest thing in the world if he got a suit and started doing that stuff. Oh my god! Oh my lord! It'd be hilarious. I was so hoping he was going to do that too. And he was like by himself in the van. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, please say there's an extra suit in that little matchbox thing or whatever. <laughs> that would have been so funny. Oh, All right, yeah. special effects, Michael. All right, special effects. Um, I thought the special effects were good throughout the movie overall. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think they approached, say, Avengers level special effects, but I don't think they were, they were poorly done. Uh, I actually think like there were moments in Avengers where the special effects were poor, but I didn't see any of those here. Huh. So I, I think it's actually I, a little better. I would I would agree with you only because Sarah, only because um Avengers was so loaded with special effects, like the entire character of Thanos was special effects, that I think it was, you know, you're gonna have to find some faults as to where this movie, yeah, there was a ton, but not when it's the end you know, the entire movement and everything, you know, right down to they the finger. They didn't sacrifice anything. No. No, oh, I'm sorry. I remember in a few things in Avengers they did, but yeah, anyways, go on. I oh, no, I, I thought that they were they were well done. Um I didn't see anything that looked uh terrible. There wasn't any shots where I thought, man, that special effects looks like it needed like an extra couple of weeks worth of work to get this sequence of events to to look great. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, yeah I, I mean I, I gave the special effects uh, an eighty eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I, like I said, I really liked them. Um, I thought some of the shots were really cool. Like, you know, when he's you know transforming into different heights and stuff. Yes. All the proportions were very yes. accurate. I really Excellent. liked that. And even when he fell beneath, he got too big and fell under the water. Like, it doesn't. Um, the special effects don't decrease in quality when he's under the water, which is a more difficult thing to uh. animate. So I appreciated that. I gave it a 90. Okay. Uncanny, because I gave it a 90 as well. <laughs> is this is this 90 day or something? It's like... It's freaky. Uh, it's a little freaky, Ricker. You have three Ruth straight Ruth 90s. Here. Ruth, freaking Ruth. Um, no, I mean, I think one of the hardest things to pull off in movies, because, you know, obviously I'm ancient and I've watched a ton of movies over the years, <laughs> um, is the whole, you know, height thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you kick back to the 50s and 60s, you know, the incredible shrinking man and, you know, just some of the hardest effects I've ever seen is when people go to, like a Gandalf. You yeah. Know, Gandalf compared to Bilbo and so forth, the hobbits. Like, there's Even a they lot. had difficulties. Yep. Yes, they did. And you could see it pretty blatantly in a lot of times. Like, if you go back yeah. and watch them now, you're like, oh, my God. But it's this so movie, like, what, like, when he was in that closet at the school and he grew big. You know what I mean? He had to like kind of contort his body. Yep. I mean, that was amazing. Now, granted, it might have been truly him inside of a, you know, small box too. But just like every little scene when he's huge or if he's small, like when he was in the boat, he was huge, you know, and it worked perfect. I think that's one of the hardest things to pull off in special effects, you know, and I think they pulled it off great. Like I didn't see yeah. anything glaring like, oh man, you can tell that's, a model or you can tell that's, you know, green screen or whatever. 
I think I think that's probably matter of fact, I'd probably say that's one of the best examples I've ever seen of that. You know, the huge factor. You know what I mean? Think of movies like King Kong and Godzilla and so forth, where they have these huge, you know, creatures and animals and so forth. And there's always a little part that you're like, ah, oh. <laughs> you know, that's fake. But, yeah, it's off proportionate to the right, other people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, no, I think they hit this great. And they do it constantly in this movie. Small, yeah. big, medium, medium, small, when he's like kid size. You know, so I gave it a 90. Absolutely. Probably should have given it more now. <laughs> yeah, top Sarah. I'm just going to take Michael's numbers and flip them. So he says... <laughs> 67. I'm gonna say I gave it a 76. I gave it a 76. Little like 10 points. Unless he gives it like a 92. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I give it a 29. I mean, come on, really? That's right. Rakers, Rakers, watchability is a 29. Uh. (laughs) It's a 17. I give it a 17. (laughs) Right. Yep. (sighs) All right. So let's um let's go on to editing and pacing. Uh. Two hours is a solid run time for a movie like this. Yeah. It is. But the movie has a hard time juggling its pace with exposition and like an unnecessary balance between action scenes and other scenes that would make us care about the characters. Actually, it feels too rushed. It would have benefited from another 10 to 15 minutes specifically because there needed to be more weight behind (laughs) some of the scenes. Uh, Thank you. No dramatic scene has enough power except the reunion between Grace and Hank. So my overall grade for the uh, editing and pacing is uh, 78. Oof. Whoa. Mine is is the reverse of yours. It's 87. Unbelievable. (laughs) That is crazy. You got to be kidding me. You serious? She's not kidding at all, Michael. I'm telling you. (laughs) Your days are done. Days are done. I like, I like, like, I judge editing and pacing on the fact that I don't notice the editing and pacing. Like, I thought it went by really smoothly and everything, you know, felt great and it was fast paced, but not like overly so. And it didn't get so slow. You know what I mean? It's not like it went from fast and all of a sudden super slow. Exactly. You know what I mean? It was like this night, like you exactly said it. It's like this nice, fast pace, but it was like the whole way through. Yeah. I didn't, didn't I didn't, I wasn't lulling, I wasn't lulling at any part. Yep. So yeah, you gave it a what? 87. I, yeah, I gave it an 85. Okay. We're, so we're close, close again. Yeah, we're close again. Close again. And for the same reasons you said. Like, yeah. yeah. And now, I do agree with Michael, though, also. Like, there was so much in it. You know, there were so many storylines and so forth going on in it. To put all of that within two hours, like Michael said, an extra 15 minutes probably would have helped. It helped a little bit. With all those storylines, it probably should have been three hours. But... You know, I mean, being a you know comedic movie or a lighthearted movie, you know, if you go in three hours, that you're definitely pushing it. Um, yeah. So, but no, I I agree with both of you, but I'm leaning towards Sarah's grade there, towards the <laughs> 85. All right. All right. Rewatchability. Rewatchability. Raker, why don't you start out here? Thank you. Thank you. It's about time. <laughs> I dare, Get your I dare, claim. I dare anyone to flip this number. By the way. Um, rewatchability. I I want to watch it again, if, if for nothing else, just to get a good laugh. Yeah, you know, and and I want to watch it with my kids. Well, at least, well, actually, both my kids. I have a boy that's four, and I'm sure know, he'd like it too. He's yeah, like, there's nothing really yes. bad in here. Actually, you know what? We see the commercials on Disney, and he's like, "Oh, that looks like a good movie. We should see that." You know what I mean? And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, I actually would take you if it wasn't two hours, and most four year olds don't have a 
attention span of two, two minutes. But no, but you know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm thinking in my brain, like, would he be all right with that movie? And he absolutely would. You know what I mean? He would laugh where it's funny. He would, you know what I mean? Like He'd be pretty I, captivated yeah, by most of it too. Yeah, I think so too. And he'd love to see the whole growing and shrinking thing. That would really oh, probably, yeah. he would love that. So. Um, so yeah, I definitely I want to watch it again. I mean, I'm, I don't think I'll see it at the theaters again. There's too many other good things coming out, but you know, I'll, I'll probably get it shortly on DVD when it comes out. You know, I'll probably get it within the first week or two. Um, I gave it an 88. Try flipping that, Michael. <laughs> Did that on purpose. Hey <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, last week. What about you? Uh, rewatchability, like usually my rewatchabilities are quite low because I'm like, I don't usually watch things over and over again, but this is one I would happily watch several times. I gave it a 90. Ooh. Sticking with the 90s. I'm telling she you, whiz. Michael, me and Sarah <laughs> had it with crap. <laughs> <laughs> We're ousting you. Uh, would you give it Michael uh, Gee whiz. 18? Huh? Oh. Did you give it? <laughs> yeah, that's what I gave it. Uh, no, I'm I knew just kidding. It. Um, Her final score of for an average final of forty three. <laughs> forty three. That's correct. Um eighty two for me. Oh, okay. Um I, I, I mean I'll that's watch this again. From Michael. I'll watch this again. Um okay. I I don't think it's gonna be my go to uh movie in the next, you know, year or so when it comes to Marvel movies. Uh but sure, yeah, if I'm just looking for like a, a lighthearted romp, you know, chasing down bad guys, watching a Hello Kitty Pez dispenser <laughs> come flying at a bunch of idiots on motorbikes, then yeah, sure, I'll, I'll watch yeah, this movie. You know, you know, I think about it, and you know, I, I take kids on field trips and such, and I think, you know, this would be like the perfect movie to throw in the old, you know, the DVD player. So, you know, 50, yeah, 35, 40 kids can sit there and just like kind of watch the TV and kind of, you know, enjoy it, laugh and, you know, because yep. it's a Marvel movie. So they, they always reign supreme. But, you know, Michael, when you were, you know, said, yeah, you know, we watched it again. You know, I think about Marvel movies and there's only a few that I would really, I consider rewatchables. You know what I mean? As much as I love the Marvel movies and as great as I think they are, I don't have a huge rewatchability, you know, thing with them. Yeah, I like them for what they are. It, it yeah. has to be more comedic if I'm going to go back to it. Yeah, I agree. For Although Marvel. Thor, Thor Ragnarok I've watched many times because I, I like it a lot. It's funny, course. yeah. Yeah, but the Guardians I've watched a million times. I oh, love yeah. the Guardians movies. So, you, yeah, I guess the humorous movies do kind of, you know, take over for me to watch again. Well, because humor is something you can sit and rewatch over and over because of the just the the comedy. The comedy is something or, that, or in your case, laugh. Michael, just listening to you. Well, that's true. It's comedy. <laughs> it's so not 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 intentional, but nevertheless, it's the highest form of comedy, Raker. Come on, <laughs> Let's be right above here. mime. Right, precisely. It is the highest form. <laughs> Michael so, gives me the stone face. <laughs> oh. Oh yes, my stone face. It's infamous. I'm gonna use that as that, my, my avatar, if you don't mind, Michael. My stone face. Yeah, can you give me a pic? Send me a picture of the stone face. I will too use it. I'm not even lying. I I could probably arrange that. I'll just I'll just do it from like above the eyebrows down to the bottom of the chin. I won't use like everything. I'll just oh, use you could. Stone. It's fine. I'll just use the stone face. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, all right. So our overall grades. My overall grade is an 80, and both you and Sarah are an 87. Oh, you know what? That that's about right in my opinion. That's funny. 
Um, yeah, I mean, considering the fact that, uh, you know, both of your grades seem to be pretty, pretty darn close to each other. Cohesive. And they're usually, they're usually not. <laughs> no. I know, we're usually quite different, yeah. differentiating, but. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Um, do you guys want to know the overall score for this movie with all our combined scores? Like 85? Oh, and, oh, and then, well, actually, actually. Well, hold on. I actually miscalculated. In his brain, by the way. He's doing this in his brain right now. Damn, yeah, I, can I get wish. It <laughs> you can't. His, he's. Kidneys oh, don't break. Oh, my God. It's amazing. The man is amazing. Uh, it is. Have you ever seen Saw? Has anyone ever seen Saw? Yes. Think of those characters times 90 with Michael right now. The yeah. fact that the fact that he can pull this podcast off is a miracle. It's a, a miracle, yes. Of... But behind Michael's a little doll on a tricycle, and you want to play a game? <laughs> uh, our, Mike, Mike kidney stone. <laughs> our overall score is an eighty-four. Eighty-four, okay. Okay. Eighty-four. Yeah. No, that's what. What did Rotten Tomatoes get? Ooh, uh, let's see what we do here. Eighty-six. Look at that. See, we are not see, far off. We're at as all. good. Yeah. That's good. Isn't they it should hire us. Isn't it crazy how that even gets that way? Yeah. Isn't it crazy, Michael, how Sarah and I are closer to the <laughs> average man and woman than you are? That's odd, isn't it? Well, actually, like the we're closer to the critic reviews. His uh, is um, the um, people okay. reviews is seventy nine, so he's closer to average well, person. Well, there you go. And then once again, he kind of is your average person, I guess. And. <laughs> So he we are, is the voice of the people. We are, we are kind of the voice of the critic. I'm Sarah, the voice of the people. Know. Yep. Michael's definitely just your average, you know. Well, I look at it like this. Joe. You know, yeah. I'm, that person that watches the movies once every year goes to the movies once a year. That's Michael. That's me. <laughs> Total. That's me. I just, I just, I just, I don't even watch the movies in the theater. I just make up my reviews for <laughs> the moment. Like, I'm just assuming this is terrible. <laughs> yep. You got it. That's how he does. Uh, you know, here's the he, thing. He didn't see this movie, as a matter of fact. Here's the <laughs> thing. It's got an 86. Just looked at the commercials. But if you look at the average rating per review. Oh, jeez. Michael, now you're, now you're getting to the advanced analytics The nitty-gritty. The 6.9 yes. out of 10. I'm just saying. It's, it's averaging a 6.9. It's averaging almost a 7 out of 10. Which is not very great. Which is a 70 out of 100. Right. Which, I mean, I look at it this way. Any movie that... Most movies, even great movies, don't generally get more than like a 8.3 to 8.5. So it's like most movies don't even get to like 9 or above. That's true. So for me, like if it's like in the 7 to 7.5, that's usually a pretty good movie. Seven and a half to eight is a really, really good movie, and then over eight is, you know, a great movie, you know, yeah. generally. At All right, let's wrap her up. All right, so we have uh, two things here. We have two new Patreon subscribers. Ooh. We have oh, thank you, subscribers. Yes, thank you very much, uh, Oscar Zarin. Uh, he has uh, come on board. Thank you very much, Oscar, for joining yeah. us on Patreon and helping. Michael to... will give you his next kidney stone. Michael? I, I will, oh, my I will, God. I will. Oscar? I mean, Oscar, yes. You expect something in the mail? Yeah. <laughs> something terrifying. It, it looks like a toast crumb. Um, <laughs> that's no joke. Blood-coated. That's oh no my joke. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> and then, our other lucky winner. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then uh, Susan, Susan uh, Diorio, uh, she's also come on board as a Patreon subscriber. So thank you very much, Susan, yes, from all three Susan. of us. Because Susan, thank you. It's yeah, uh, I don't know I don't know type of a gift to send you. I'm trying to think right well, now. Well, he he does have two kidney stones. <laughs> True, he could give you the smaller you one. Yeah, he could give you the smaller <laughs> one. Uh, don't terrify uh, you. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's I don't want to terrify anybody. Um, <laughs> sending people by kidney stones is just a terrifying prospect. Um, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, thank you very much, uh, both Oscar and Susan, for jumping on board, helping to support what we do here. Uh, yeah, we, we love doing yeah. this, and so anytime we get more people coming on board, and you know, it allows us to con- continue doing what we love, yeah. coming on here and reviewing movies, TV shows, books, games, etc. So there we go. Uh, there's yeah. shout-outs for our new subscribers. Oh. Yeah, no doubt. All right, no that's... Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah, yeah. thanks for listening. And, yep, uh, thanks, everyone, for, for listening are we, are we to us. Talk about, is next week going to be... Wait. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about next week, or are we going to sure. surprise everyone? No, we can talk um, about surprise. what we want to do next week. <laughs> oh, so, good Lord. I don't... I'm telling you, there's nothing in the theaters until... At least in my opinion. Until, I would figure we'll put up a little sub-episode. And we'll discuss what we're going to watch. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, we could do that. Um, oh, you guys did. You, uh, you guys did see Sicario, didn't you? I no. saw. I, I saw Sicario. Uh, I did too. Did you want? Did you, uh, Sarah? Did you see it? No. That's a great movie. You think so, Michael? I thought it. I thought it was very okay. good. Yeah. I thought. I thought. I think the only reason it wasn't as great is because it wasn't as good as the first one, in my opinion. So. No, 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 no. I meant the first Sicario. Oh, yeah. The first Sicario was amazing. The first Sicario. I, I was Not... thinking about the second one. I'll talk about the second one. Oh, the day of the day of the Soledado. Um, you, you didn't see that? I didn't see that yet, no. Oh, my. Yeah. Okay. Well, I saw it. Okay. Um, And obviously, Sarah, you didn't see the first one. Uh, oh. Yeah. Never right. mind then. You're out. Yeah. I, I, I said we review Uncle Drew. I mean, it looks like a masterpiece. Oh, my God. <laughs> it looks like a masterpiece. Um. Heard Kyrie Irving's getting a Oscar Oscar nod for it, so that or that or the first Purge both look like amazing movies. Uh, we should probably <laughs> make those. Yeah, uh, I'll slit my wrist and put salt into their wounds before Oscar, watch Uncle Oscar and Susan are like, oh my god, please! What I want my, I want my money. For? I want my money back. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, you know, not really sure what we're gonna do yet, so maybe we should just make an announcement. Yeah, you know, sounds good. So we'll do it on. We'll, we'll do it on, on Twitter, Twitter or something. Yep. Yeah. All right, everyone. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Uh, next episode of the podcast. When you know, by then you'll have known what the episode is going to be about. And uh, we hope you enjoyed listening to us ramble on about Ant Man and Wasp. And Michael will have named his kidney stones for us all. So <laughs> exactly, one is Ant Man and one is Wasp. So. <laughs> I think that sixth one should be Goliath. <laughs> it is pretty big. <laughs> yeah, it's a big great. one. Uh, all right, everyone. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks right. for listening to the podcast. And yes. uh, thank you. Yep. All right. Bye, Have geeks. a good one. Hey, geeks. Do you remember the last time you picked up a pen and noticed the quality? How about a razor you handled that didn't feel cheaply made? When was the last time a product made a true and lasting impression on you? 
In this era of the mass-produced and disposable, anything lovingly handcrafted seems to be a rare thing. Maybe it's time for a change, and Spindlecraft can help. At Spindlecraft, passion and superior quality make it stand out from the faceless, automated crowd. Material for each piece of work is thoughtfully chosen, crafted, sanded, and finally polished with the kind of attention to detail and dedication you can't get off of an assembly line. At Spindlecraft, they know that quality of the material is as important as the quality of the craftsmanship and is a reflection of both the artist and the customer. So rather than buying some cheap pens or razors that you won't give a second thought, purchase something from Spindlecraft. To see what they have to offer, go to www.spindlecraft.com and at the checkout, enter the word GEEKS. That's G-E-E-K-S to get 10% off. We're sure that once you have a Spindlecraft product in your hand, you won't want to put it down. Thanks for listening to the Freaking Geeks podcast. Be sure to visit FreakingGeeks.com as well as our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash FreakingGeeks for more great content. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Trust us, it really helps. Now, if you'd like to write into the podcast and share your thoughts and ask questions, you can do so by sending your email to FreakingGeeksMedia at gmail.com. You can contact Michael on Twitter using at Michael underscore Lanage. You can contact Sarah on Twitter using at Labyrinth Rose or at Freak Geeks. Intro music for this episode is Danger Storm by Kevin MacLeod, which can be found at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Outro music is Nowhere Land by Kevin MacLeod, which can be found at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. You can also find the attribution in the episode description as well.